Well, good morning. So, uh, wow, what a celebration, amen? Yeah. Appreciate it. I know there's been a lot of work that was put in. It's great to have the kids up here worshiping with us, have them be a part of this and celebrating, lifting up Jesus' name. Uh, it's easy in the midst to, uh, to get kind of carried away with the stuff, isn't it? So, like, the phrase needs to be this. Ready? Merry Christmas. Yeah, and we need to get used to saying that this week, right? Don't trip on the cables either. Merry Christmas. So I need you to respond with me, okay? I'm going to do something I've never done before in my life. I'm going to now sing in public. And you're going to sing back to me. You will, right? Don't leave me hanging up here. All right. Christmas. It's a season where we think of family and, and gifts and time together where we can fill in the words to these songs because we know them so well, don't we? Don't we? All right, here we go. I'm dreaming of a All right, very nice. Oh, the weather outside is Yeah, it's really not actually today, which is good. Chestnuts roasting on an open It's amazing how many of these we know, isn't it? Tis the season to be jolly. Yeah, we use that word jolly a lot, don't we? How are you feeling today? Jolly, I'm jolly today. Yeah. <laughs> Santa Claus is coming. All right, welcome to Christmas, right? So many of us turn on the radio and we hear these different songs and we think of things like snow and fire chestnuts whatever those are right never had one in my life but i'm sure they're good right we think of being jolly we think of santa claus we think of gifts time with family these are great things and it's great to celebrate in those ways but man can they get distracting and we better be careful i mean my question for us today is simply this how can we keep christ in christmas That's what our question is today. That's what we're going to be challenged with. How can we keep Christ in Christmas? It's great to do the rest. It's great to celebrate in all the ways we can. But make sure that in the end, we put Christ in the middle of Christmas. Amen? All right. So turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. We've got the ushers coming forward. They've got some Bibles in their hands. If you need one, just raise your hand. And uh, we're going to be walking through this verse by verse. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand and... They'll get a Bible to you, okay? How can I make sure I keep Christ in the middle of Christmas this season? First step, worship. Respond to Jesus. He is God and came as a light to this dark world. Respond to Jesus. He is God and he came as a light to this dark world. Worship him. This is the number one way that we can go after making sure that Jesus remains the Christ in the middle of Christmas, all right? Where'd you get that from, Tim? Let's just start in John chapter 1. You might be like, I thought we were at a Christmas program. I I thought we were going to celebrate the Christmas season, and we're in John? And let me tell you something. There's some amazing elements within this about Christmas, and we're going to jump over to Luke chapter 2 as well uh, throughout this morning, okay? He says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. 
Man, you can read this sentence and just blow past and move on. And we better be real careful. There's a lot of meat in these few words. In the beginning, like when it all started, before everything that is, was. Let those two verbs sit together, right? Like he was the beginning of it all. And, and, and when it all started, before it all started, in the beginning was the word, capital W, the word. This word in the Greek is actually lagos. It means the, the truth, the center of information. He was, he was it, man. That's what he's saying. Like in the Greek, the word lagos, they were big on this word. They were big on its significance. It really meant he's the answer. That's what it meant. Okay, in the beginning was the Word. Well, who is this Word? Glad you asked. The Word was with God, great relationship with Him. Jesus Christ, the Son, great relationship with the Father. But more than that, the Word was God. Deity, His relationship to God the Father is not just, they got along really well. They spent time together. Like, that's not where it ended, right? It's not that he was with God and they just ended. It's that he was God. Jesus Christ, God Almighty, absolutely 100% in authority and in charge in this world. Notice what it says after it. He was in the beginning with God. Let me reemphasize relationship, right? God the Father, God the Son, awesome relationship from the beginning of time. When we think of Jesus Christ, know this, He is the Creator. He is the Provider. He is God Himself. An amazing opportunity for us to grasp Jesus Christ as the ultimate authority. He was God. You know, we can jump past that verse or maybe just say, well, this says that, but it's a little unclear to me. Really? Like, He... God, like just put he equals God. Okay. But if you want to go further than that, John chapter eight, verse 58, like Jesus is talking with the Pharisees here in John chapter eight, and he's discussing with them some of life and they begin to challenge him. And Jesus responds before Abraham was, I am. And they picked up stones to stone him. Okay, why were they picking up stones to stone him? I mean, he said, before Abraham was, I am. I mean, was it that they're just really upset with bad grammar? Like he should have said, before Abraham was, I was, right? And he didn't say that. He didn't use the past tense of that verb. He used the present tense. How dare he use poor grammar? Kill him. Is that what they were saying? That's not what he was saying. They recognized his claim. When he said, I am... He claimed the very personal name of God Almighty. When he said, I am, he said, I am God. He said, me equals God Almighty. And they're like, okay, that's it. Kill that guy. Pick up a stone. I don't believe you. I'm not with you. I absolutely think it's blasphemy. You're done. Okay? Jesus claimed to be God. More than that, you go to Hebrews 1.8. God the Father is recorded as saying of the Son... He says, but of the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Jesus being called God. Jesus equals God. Like we better grasp when we're sitting down in the Christmas season and we think a little about the little nativity scene and the little baby and we think about Jesus and the sacrifice and and there's a lot of things we can think about. We better contemplate this. Jesus Christ, the almighty creator. 
God himself come to be with us. That's why the title of the sermon today is Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. It's Jesus Christ, our amazing king. We get a lot out of those two verses, but he goes on from there. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Creator, absolute creator. In fact, if we look in Colossians 1, it talks about him creating and sustaining. By his very presence here, everything is maintained together. Like the molecules of my whole being would blow apart and not exist without Jesus Christ's very presence. That's who he is. See, when we start talking about worshiping him, we can often... Well, honestly, we start thinking about some outside being who has a little request of my will. When really we need to be thinking of their very being of the universe, that without him, I'm nothing. Without him, I have no life, I have no breath, I have no hope, I have no will. He is my everything. That's what's being said here. Now, it says, all things were made through him. How many things were made through him? That was a weak answer. How many things were made through him? Yeah, like we better grasp that, right? Like, are you part of all? Yeah, like you were made through him. I'm made through him. All things made through Jesus Christ. And without him was not anything made that was made. Nothing without him. Everything with him. Jesus Christ. That's who we're talking about. When we talk about him coming to this earth, when we talk about an amazing savior visiting us, we're talking about our creator amongst the creation. It'll come up in this passage in just a little bit. In him was life and the life was the light of men. Life and light, two metaphors. Life, like there was future, there was hope, there was action, there was A partaking in this world because of him in a way we never ever knew before. But because of him, now we have that great privilege. Life with him. It says he is the light of the world. In the middle of pitch black, he's that beaming light that shows you where to walk. That gives us hope in the midst of. He's an answer. In fact, it says... In verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Note this, Jesus Christ is victorious. That's what it's saying. Absolutely no way the darkness shines over the top of him. Welcome to our Savior. Jesus Christ, all authority, we need to get amped up on that. Absolute positive guarantee of victory in Jesus Christ. The darkness will not overcome. He is our savior. He is so worth worshiping. I mean, this is what the angels were singing about. This is what they got all amped up and willing to cheer about. They were talking about the one who is their almighty, their hope, their creator. They were watching the creator among his creation and they were watching him work Listen to this from Luke chapter 2. What an awesome illustration of how to celebrate and worship the Almighty God. It says, and in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. 
and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host passing or praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now I got to tell you, I've heard this passage read a ton of times and oftentimes it gets read like this. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Somehow deep is more godly, right? And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And you're like, wow, I could close my eyes and just sort of relax a little. You know what I'm saying? And then it gets to, and the angel said to them, fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Like he's whispering. Are you kidding me? I mean, check out what it says. It says the glory of the Lord shone around them. Like we need to grasp in the middle of the darkness, these shepherds are just hanging out in the blackness of night and all they can hear is the sheep making their little sheep sounds, right? And whatever, I'm not about to try that one publicly. <laughs> and, and whatever that sound is, right? All of a sudden, bam! Like the light is beaming forth and these angels says, I got a message for you. And he notices they're like, they're shaking, right? And he says, fear not. Now, now here's the message. He says, I have good news of great joy. It will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, Christ the Lord. I mean, can you imagine the energy he's putting into this? This isn't a bored messenger happening to be visiting on his way through. He's coming with purpose and he's bringing the message. What I love is. He says, and this will be a sign for you. The baby will be wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And like at that moment, his job is done. And there's now multitudes of angels hanging around behind him. And all of a sudden they light up and like, wham, the multitudes of angels are there. Can you imagine multitudes? It's like hundreds and hundreds of thousands, millions, whatever that number means, surrounding that hillside. And in the midst of the announcement that there will be a little baby from one angel, the multitudes boom forth on that hillside. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Can you hear it? I mean, I can only imagine the shepherd sitting there like, You know, it's thundering in and and, then it gets done. Do you think they're a little motivated? Like that's worship. I, I mean, I'm telling you, the Christ was put in the middle of Christmas by these angels. The messenger bringing forth an unbelievable message of hope. Our God, our almighty king, our creator. He's here. He is with you. And here's where he's at. And this is what he's going to look like. Go and find him. Are you kidding me? The answer of all answers. The plan is in motion. Celebrate your king. Amen. That's what we're talking about. Like, man, when we go to Christmas, let's not forget that. Let's worship him with all we've got. Our savior bringing forth. His almighty solution for us. So here's my question for you. Are you ready to respond in this Christmas season to your creator king?
Are you ready to give him your all and truly worship him? It's going to take a little planning because you have the family fires and the gifts and the food and the, it's all scheduled in there, right? So make sure you schedule time to worship. Where's that going to be? How's that going to go? Take some time this week as you're coming up on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to be able to say, you've got my attention, Lord. Glory to you. And and I'm coming to you. It might be morning. It might be afternoon. It might be kind of all day long as I remember you throughout the day, but I'm making plans and I'm worshiping you. Are you ready to make your life a celebration of your Savior this week? That's how we can put Christ in the middle of Christmas. First step is worship. Worship by responding to Jesus. The second step, witness. Share the light. Those who believe will become his own. Share the light. Those who believe will become his own. We start in verse 6 here. He says, there was a man sent from God. Notice how God likes messengers. Have you noticed that? Like he sent angels and, and he's sending this guy, John the Baptist, and he likes to use messengers. We can be a part of his almighty and glorious plan. So there was a man sent from God whose name was John, John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. John pointing to Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ, the ultimate solution for us all might be known and trusted in. And John's just pointing to him as the light. Notice it says witness there. The word in the original language for that is a word we get martyr from. Okay, he, he was going to be a martyr for him. Now, we always equate that with immediate death, right? But really what the word means is willing to share the truth no matter what. That's what it means. Are we willing to be a witness for him? Willing to share the truth of what Jesus Christ is doing with you no matter what? Now, hear me. This is not what we're asking. I really haven't done that first step, the worship thing. I'm really not even sure who Jesus Christ is, but I guess I'll go out and tell somebody about him this week. Like, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is do step one. And when step one is absolutely blowing you away as you've met with God and you're getting to know Jesus Christ and you're seeing him in a fresh way, just let it spill to the streets and be willing to share. That's all that John was being asked to do. That's all we're being asked to do. Make sure we have this powerful, dynamic life-altering kind of moment with God where we're seeing him in his word clear for who he is and we're just willing to share that with somebody else praise be to God notice it says he came as a witness to bear witness about the light you know that thing that takes away the darkness that all might believe through him he was not the light but he came to bear witness about the light isn't that interesting John the Baptist was making a stir and it's written right here, just so you know, it was pretty clear to himself that he was not the answer. He was just pointing to the answer. May we always humbly respect that our God is the solution. And we just happen to be hanging out and get a privilege to be a part of it by saying, there he is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it's about. Just know him, know him passionately and personally, and be able to respond to him. To believe him. And now notice it says, this true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Jesus Christ, come in the flesh. 
He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. So this believe and receive two verbs there. Okay. And look at the stuff in between. He came to his world that he created and the creation didn't recognize him. That's what's being said. He's hanging out. He literally spoke the place into existence and people are like, who's that guy? That's what's going on. Like, why does he think he's such a big wig? He spoke it into existence. You know what I mean? And and the people around him are like, yeah, I don't know. I I think I know where he actually came from. I know his mom. I know his brothers. I'm not sure I really believe whole creator thing. I'm not sure I believe anything about this guy as Messiah. I don't know. I don't think so. The world did not know him. It even says he came to his own people, Jewish faith, came to this Jewish bloodline. And they're like, they're questioning who he is. And whether there's any value with him. He had no place of honor. That's what's being said. Given who he was, how dare they? And yet they did exactly that. You know, it's easy to get distracted in this world and begin to think very physically, isn't it? To think very practically. To to think... I know how to handle this circumstance and situation and I know how to talk to my friends so that and I know and I know and I know and and all of a sudden we become very physically practical but spiritually blind. That's what was going on here. Their very creator was amongst them. And while they felt a stir, they didn't know why. There's just something going on with that guy, isn't there? I can't quite put my finger on it. He created you. You know what I mean? It's like that. He spoke you into existence and... oh. Oh, I guess that could be it. He's got an unbelievable, perfect, holy draw to your life. And I just can't put my finger on why that matters to me. Right? It says right after it, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, there's the receive and believe. He gave the right to become the children of God. So let's make sure we grasp this receive and believe thing real quickly. Okay. So just picture this in your mind now. You have somebody walk over to you on Christmas morning and they open it up and it has a little name on it, right? And like, oh, it says for Billy. And so we hand it over, right? And, and so we take the gift and we hold it there and it's all prettily wrapped up and there's a nice bow on top and the name is on it and we just hold it there and we sit there with it, right? And we sit there with it for a long time and, and then we set it down and we go to breakfast, leaving it unwrapped and, and then we go back and we take that wrapped gift and we put it in the closet and we put it up on the shelf and we say, what a wonderful gift I got. Right? Is that what we do? No. Like as soon as you get it, you can see the kids are like, give me the go sign. Right? And as soon as it's like, go ahead and open it, they're like, wham! And the whole thing comes open, and they're looking inside, and they're seeing what it is, and then the next thing they do is they're like trying to play with it, and like, I'm sorry, it needs batteries, and I forgot to buy them, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the practical problems of life, right? And these gifts, we love to have them, we love to play with them, we love to make them our own. We take them, we tear out, get it out of there, and we start making it useful that very day for us as we play with That's receiving. Here's the question with Jesus Christ. Have you truly believed and received? I mean, are you sitting there with the gift all prettily wrapped up in a package in a bow delivered by Jesus Christ? And you're saying, thank you, that's very kind, and put it up on the shelf and walk away. Or are you literally tearing open the gift and saying, time for this to be mine. 
to say, Lord, please forgive me. Here's how we receive. Okay, Lord, please forgive me. I'm wrong. I've been standing in my own world about myself. Please forgive me. And please use your shed blood to replace what I owe. Hey, the reason we celebrate Christmas is because of the cross. It's great that God came among us, but we celebrate because of the price he paid for us some 30 years later. And Lord, thank you for your cross and your shed blood and what you make available for me. I'm in awe of what you're doing. So please forgive me. Please use your shed blood to replace what I owe. You have my heart. Like I'm done with whatever it was that was distracting me. The sin is over. Lord, I'm turning towards you. I want you to be my God. Change my life. I'm running with you now. Like faithfully following him, finding him to literally be your Lord and God as you get direction from him, guidance from him. You let his glory be what you're all about, not your glory. Lord, I'm living for you. That's what it means to believe and receive, to make it your own. He says that he literally has this offered up. And if we do that, that he gives us the right to become children of God, that we can actually be adopted into his family, that we can literally become his for eternity. And what does it take? Believing and receiving. What does it take? Like that's what it's about. Like take the gift and open the gift. Like dive in, tear it open and make him your own. As you literally say, I hear you, Lord. You're my creator and I'm standing in your midst in awe. You've got my heart. I'm done running away from you. I'm now running to you with all I've got. Please forgive me for having missed who you were. And thank you for your shed blood on the cross. We have an awesome right. And notice what it says. That we were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Like we are born of God. It's a divine spiritual moment. Him working in your life to literally light up and transform in you something you could never do on your own. It's not about works, right? It says it's not about man and their effort and their flesh. Like, don't just go after trying to earn this thing and hope you get to heaven with the check boxes more on the good than the bad side. That's not what it's about. It's about believing and receiving. It's not about me, Lord. It's about you and your divine work in me. Please forgive me. I'm humbly placing myself at your feet and I'm waiting for you to blow me away as you work in my life. What an awesome privilege for God to literally transform us right here, right now. We can experience it. You know, as we talk about witnessing, we need to first experience it ourselves before we go share it with others. You know what I'm saying? Like all too often we can read scripture and we get into these command verbs where we're supposed to go do something and we start going and doing it before we've done the first things first thing. You know what I'm saying? We better make sure that we've got our walk with him, that we truly are trusting in him, that we've been born of him, that we've believed and received, that we've said, please forgive me and use your shed blood. If we've done that and you're lit up with him, next step, do the John the Baptist thing. Like start bearing witness, like share the truth no matter what. Get fired up to tell 
the story of your amazing Savior. Make sure you're letting people know. I'm just telling you, God's been blowing me away this week. I can't exactly explain it, but wow would be a word that comes to mind. Okay? It's being able to just talk frankly and excitedly. Let me just ask you this. My, my question to you would be, are you willing to share this week with a friend or a family member about what Christ means to you? And you're like, I'm telling you, that's kind of hard. I'm not sure how to break in. Okay, let me give you one line that you can use that I guarantee you will get a question back at you that allows you to answer. All right? Are you ready? One question you can ask or one statement you can make. Here it is. Man, I am so excited about Christmas this year. Right? Dot, dot, dot. You're done. Now imagine the guy standing next to you. He's kind of like this. Why? Right? I mean, it just kind of begs a moment of, okay, whatever. What, you got a really big present you're getting? Are you going to some family member's house you haven't been to for a while or what? What's going on? Why? And then you get a moment to be able to say, "Ah, like this year, maybe more than ever, I've been grasping how much it's about Jesus Christ. And I've been spending time this week just going through some passages of scripture and just kind of getting fired up on who he is. And I'm telling you, wow, I am so excited about saying, thank you, Lord. Okay. Now you might get a guy that goes, all right, I've been asking just, I've been looking for somebody who's got a reason to be excited about this season. Go ahead and tell me. You might get that. You might get this too. Okay. Right? I'm going to go over here and refill my cup. That's okay. Like, just be real. Be willing to share. See what happens. It's not gimmicky. It's just excited. It's not like trying to connive. It's just saying, Lord, I'm just going to be really willing to share who you are. And I'm just going to be willing to share it vulnerably. Let's see what God's got in store as we this week literally say, Lord, I'm going to worship you. And after I'm worshiping you, I'm just going to be a little bit frank that I've been with you. That's all I'm doing. And we'll see what happens. To God be the glory. Amen. Simple little challenge that can absolutely blow you away. You know, when it comes to sharing, let's just go back to the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2. The angels just got done with the glory to God in the highest, rocking the whole mountainside, okay? Verse 15 of Luke 2, it says, When the angels went away, I can only imagine what that was like, after the thundering and booming and the multitudes and the light beaming everywhere and the thunderous voices and dead quiet back to black, right? As the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Do you think? Can you imagine? I I can't even imagine recording that. You could have just said, and they went, you know? Some guy literally said this. He put this on his lips. Maybe we should go over there. Like, I can't, it's so understated. I can only, why isn't there an exclamation point? We gotta go! We gotta get out of here now! Let's go! What about the sheep? Whatever! Let's go! Right? I can only imagine them getting so excited, they gotta get on the road. And it is biblical, it says it right here. It says, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. They went with haste. It wasn't like this. It wasn't, let's go over there to Bethlehem! 
So, Bill, how are your sheep doing? Things going well over there? Nice staff, man. Is that new? Looks good. Like, that's not what was going on. It was like this. Let's go to Bethlehem. Come on. Right? With haste. They're moving out in the dark. I'm sure they're tripping over things everywhere. They're on their way. They're going to see this amazing thing they've heard about. Notice what it says. It says, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They found it just as they were told. And when they saw it, here we go. They made known witness the saying that had been told them concerning the child and all who heard it witness wondered at what the shepherds had said to them. Christmas story starts with worship and it moves to witness. How do we keep Christ in the middle of Christmas? I'm telling you this week, worship him like you've never had before. And then next, just be looking for anybody to share with. Just let them know how excited you are about what you're experiencing and who Christ is. Well, I'm not even sure where to go to begin to get excited about him, Tim. You know, one of the things we did is we put a uh, reading plan in the, in the bulletin. We do this every week. The reading plan this week will walk you through some different Christmas passages. It'll walk you through some statements about who Christ is. Use that if you want. Just walking through doing some reading. But Lord, help me through your word to see who you are. Lord, help me to just cleanse myself before you and say, please forgive me. May I spend some time this week with you getting some attention that you might be worshiped. And then Lord, may I be willing to witness with whoever. So here's my question to you. Who? Who might God be asking you to witness to? It does help to think ahead a little bit. To be prepared just a little. Maybe it's a family member or a friend. Maybe you're not sure. That's okay too. But maybe right now there is some one person you know you need to be talking with this week. That they might know the reason for Christmas. Put that name on your paper or at least in your mind and etch it in and say, Lord, I'm going to be praying for this person and excited about sharing with them that you might be glorified. Worship and witness. Top two ways for putting Christ at the center of what's going on. Third. Hey, we've covered two W's, worship and witness. Why not throw the other two in, right? So here at Harvest, we have four W's we talk about for complete discipleship. Worship, walk, work, and witness. And so we've got worship and witness up there. Let's put walk and work as the last two. And I just put, see, believe, follow, live in his grace. Notice the progression. See, like I got to grasp what's going on visually. Believe, like, okay, I accept it. I'm making it my own, right? And now that I have, I'm stepping out. I'm following. Like, may it impact my feet that you might be glorified. See, believe, and follow. Just live in his grace. All right? Let's just break it down here. He says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the word, you know, Jesus equals God, right? The word equals God became flesh and dwelt among us. Fully God, fully man. Absolutely to be celebrated. Our almighty king clothed with humanity. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. 
Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I just wrote these words down for glory. What does glory mean? Like splendor, honor, miraculous, awe. Like when I look at you, I can't help but stop and stare. You've got my attention. He has a glory about him that changes the room when he walks in. A glory as of the only son, meaning he's the only one with this kind of glory. You know what I'm saying? This Jesus is an amazing God. What an amazing privilege we have to know him. Notice what it says right after it. Full of grace and truth. I love that statement. Grace and truth. It's an awesome balance. Have you ever met somebody full of truth? And that's all they're full of? You kind of like to not hang around them too much. When you're full of truth, it's like, hey, how you doing? Good. So does this look okay today? Not really. You look like a loser. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I'm just being truthful. Right? Like truth, cutting, nasty, mean, vicious truth. That's not what I was talking about. Notice it says grace and truth. There's this concept of understanding and loving and giving you something that is so warm and undeserved in the midst of truth. It's like Jesus literally saying, let me share where you're at. You have come up short. Absolutely. In light of me, separation for eternity. Truth. That'd be just a truth, God. But here's grace. I'm coming. And I'm coming to make a replacement payment for you that only I can make because only I'm the one who has that glory, that perfection. And I'm telling you this, I love you and I'm here with you. Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. Behold our God. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's where we need to get the shivers down our back going, wow. He does grasp where I'm at, but he grasps so much more. He knows how to come into my life with everything I need right there. Like I need to give him my whole life right now. Full of grace and truth. John's response. Well, John bore witness about him. John cried out. This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me, he ranks before me because he was before me. What I love is, it's not, and this is John whispering in a corner to a couple of his guys, right? It's not John going, dude, that is so the guy I was talking about. Like, that's not what's going on. He's literally crying out. He's saying, there he is right there, right? Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's the light of the world I was talking about. That's the guy. In fact, he even recognizes his authority. He says, yeah, I know. I was born before him, technically in the Jewish law. I should be like more important than him. Like I'm older than him. He's older than me. Before I was, he was. Just recognized his divinity. This one is the almighty God from eternity past to eternity future. And you, you need to know him. Don't worry, guys. Just keep on moving. Get away from me. I'm fine with it. That's the one you need to be with. That was John's move as he witnessed. Notice it says right after it. And from the and from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. That's why I put the live in his grace. All too often we can talk about the law upon law. The work upon work. The command upon command. And it's grace upon grace. That's our Savior, Jesus Christ. Time with Him, 
that will literally soften your heart and turn your direction. Grace upon grace. Verse 17, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I love that statement. The law was given through Moses. And look, all the law was, it was like a measuring stick. It was like this ruler, 12 inches long, right? And it's showing you and measuring. And all it's saying is, just so you know, you're not measuring up. Like that was the point of the law to say, this is perfection. Oh, you didn't make it. Well, who didn't make it? The entire world. Everyone. And so the law is meant to say, here's what I'm looking for. And you're here, right? Problem. That would be truth only. But Jesus Christ comes with grace and truth. And he's literally our almighty redeemer, our savior and king. Notice he says right after it, no one has ever seen God. This is God the Father. We don't set eyes on God the Father. And yet we do get to see God. It says right after it, the only God, this is Jesus Christ, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. You want to know what God the Father is like? Ponder Jesus Christ. Ponder his amazing grace and truth. Consider him. There's nothing that can compare. Behold, that's our God. You know, I'll just read the last part of the Christmas story as the illustration piece here. This is talking about Mary. Remember, we've just gotten done with the angels booming forth. We've now gotten done with the shepherds sharing. And it says, but Mary, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Pondering, treasuring, praising, glorifying. That's how you live in his grace. Okay? You want to live in his grace? You want to walk with him? You want to do this last step? It's continue to ponder his amazingness. Literally walk through it. I'm telling you, sometimes we're like, yeah, yeah, I know. Jesus, birth, I know. And I get it. I get the whole thing. We bought the little nativity scene. You want a sad story? We bought a nativity scene. We had the nativity scene sitting out in front of our house. This was up north. Somebody with a Jeep decided that in the middle of a snowstorm, it would be really cool to drive over nativity scenes. So they drove over our nativity scene. They took Mary and Joseph on a, on a joy ride. They got caught up and dragged away Jesus like he ducked under. The baby Jesus made it. He was pushed down into the snow. Mary and Joseph were gone for weeks. I had somebody come back to the house and ring the doorbell, holding Mary and Joseph up, just destroyed, man. They're, they're ripped apart, ice and all the junk inside of them. She holds them up. They're like 40 pounds each. She's like, are these yours? I'm like, you really didn't have to bring them back. They look terrible. Joseph looks as old as Joseph really would be. You know what I'm saying? It was bad news. And we just said, you know, we appreciate it. She goes, you know what? I noticed who has nativity scenes around here. And I noticed yours was missing. And then I noticed tire tracks. And I thought maybe these would be yours. I mean, oftentimes we get so caught up in the little simplicities of Christmas that it starts to become more of a joke to find out how we can create joy rides instead of meeting our Savior, Jesus Christ. Literally, let's take some time to say, Lord, I worship you. I'm going to ponder you. I'm going to consider what you're doing in this word and in my heart. And Lord, whoever you want me to share with, I'm just going to share that you might be glorified. Behold, this is our God. Like literally, we have a chance to say, there he is. Jesus Christ, my almighty savior. I worship him. I'm spending time with him. I want to know him. He is so worth knowing. Amen.
Hey, if you want to put the Christ in Christmas, it's time to worship. It's time to witness. It's time to walk and work, live in his grace. Spend time this week just pondering. And my prayer for you is by the time we hit Christmas Eve and Christmas Day this week, you've gotten some unbelievable time with your Savior. All right? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just take a time now to reflect upon you. Father, we just ask that you might hear us in the midst of where we are. Father, we come before you as your creation and nothing else. And Lord, we just want to worship you and praise you. We just want to celebrate you. Just take some time right now, you and him, just talking with him right here. Just let him know where you're at. Maybe it's a time of confession too, as you just say, please forgive me. Let's get set up and squared away with our God. Lord, we come before you. exhaling when you're just saying, Lord, please forgive me. It's getting rid of the junk. Just lay it before him. Maybe it's an attitude or an action that needs to be let go before him now. Just do that. Now let's just breathe in, inhaling in this prayer time. Lord, you need to be worshiped. We praise your name as creator of the all things, our almighty God. We worship you, Lord. Almighty Savior, Messiah, the Word. Just take a moment to worship him right where you are. trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior in this moment you're sitting here going I don't know what this is all about maybe right here and right now is the time to just say Lord please forgive me say it quietly where you are Lord please forgive me please use your shed blood to replace what I owe I want you to be my God my King I worship you all it takes to believe and receive let it affect your feet now as you run after him